Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Rachel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast and the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe or rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. You can find me personally at Rice Show Radio on Twitter. So on this week's show, we're going to be looking at week two in the XFL while providing all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money betting on the LA Wildcats matchups. And in week two, we're going to dive right in and talk about uh, the week two matchup between the LA Wildcats and the Dallas Renegades, which will be taking place in LA on Saturday afternoon, and the spread for that game is currently plus two and a half for the Wildcats, and the over-under currently sits at 48. Now before we get into the thoughts on the game, quick recap of what happened last week. The Wildcats started out their XFL campaign with a tough road loss to the Houston Roughnecks by the score of 37-17. to Game was pretty close, and then the game got blown open in the second half as L.A. struggled to move the ball pretty much for the entirety of the last two quarters, and their defense didn't really have any answers. So they lost their first game in franchise history by 20 points, and they will be looking for a bounce-back performance on Saturday afternoon. Now, leading the Wildcats on offense from the quarterback position was Chad Kanoff, who ended up completing 21 of 40 uh, pass attempts for 214 passing yards, along with one passing touchdown and one interception. But he did also have a rushing touchdown as he showed signs of mobility. Now, it was kind of a surprise that he was this named the starter as the original starter, Josh Johnson, who L.A. ended up trying to go after during the offseason. Uh, he was supposed to start, but he was dealing with an injury, and he was a late scratch, so he ended up not playing in Week 1. So, Kanoff tried to jump in. And he has only been with the team for about a month after he was acquired from uh, the Guardians in exchange for Luis Perez. So he ended up making the franchise debut, and he was the starting quarterback who played, I'd say, pretty okay considering the fact that he was only with the team for about a, a month. So considering the lack of full preparation, I thought he looked pretty good in some spots before uh, the Roughnecks made some adjustments in the second half that caused him to struggle a bit. But... Uh, leading the ground game, it was running back Elijah Hood. Didn't really do anything as he had 12 carries for 43 yards, which was equivalent to 3.6 yards per carry. Hood looked pretty good on some runs, broke some tackles, kind of extended some uh, runs. But overall, the issue was mostly game flow as, I mean, when your team falls behind by double digits in the second half, you pretty much have to abandon the run, and that's exactly what happened. I don't think L.A. went to the game and expected Kanoff to throw 40-something times, while Hood only got 12 carries. But eventually, their defense just dug them in such a big hole that they had to try to score as quickly as possible. And unfortunately, that involved abandoning the run. So Hood will hopefully get more touches as he is one of the best playmakers on the Wildcats offense. And he will look to potentially get it going for at least, uh, I'd say, hopefully 20 carries or so. And he'll hopefully break the 100-yard plateau. But that remains to be seen. Now, the bright spot on offense was wide receiver Nelson Spruce who actually recorded a league-high 11 receptions along with 103 receiving yards. He was great. 
no real way to sugarcoat that. He kind of emerged on the scene early on. Knopf and Spruce developed an early connection, and they pretty much rode that for all four quarters, and he will look to break 100 yards once again for the second straight week. Now, leading the defense was defensive end Sean Oakman. If you do not remember him, he was the really tall and muscular defensive end for Baylor before he ended up getting dismissed from the campus, but Oakman had the ability to potentially go into the NFL before some off-the-field controversy kind of derailed that hope, but that's the beauty of the XFL is he will look to continue playing well, get another sack, and potentially find himself in the NFL in the next couple of years, but as a whole though, he was one of the only bright spots as the defense was absolutely terrible, and it gave up 37 points and 315 net yards. And because of the fact that the defense was so bad for all four quarters, the Wildcats actually decided to make history in all the wrong reasons, as they ended up becoming the first team in XFL history to actually fire a coordinator, and they have already fired defensive coordinator Pepper Johnson after one week. Pretty shocking move, considering the fact that Pepper Johnson was working with the defense all offseason, and that it seems like a pretty quick uh, trigger to get rid of him. But the defense was terrible, and clearly head coach and GM Winston, Winston Moss thought that they needed to go in a different direction, and Pepper Johnson is no longer with the team. However, that was not the only move made as outside linebacker and team captain Anthony Johnson was also released, and he is now a free agent. It's also a pretty shocking move considering the fact that they got rid of one of their team captains and their defensive coordinator on the same day. So it's a lot of turmoil and a lot of turnover for the defense but clearly whatever they were trying to do in week one didn't work as Walker ended up just torching them through the air for multiple scores. And hopefully the Wildcats will be able to kind of put that performance behind them. Of course, it'll be interesting to see how the defense will change on looks without uh, the team captain and the defensive coordinator. But hopefully it is for the best, but that will remain to be seen. Now, in terms of the injury report, quarterback Josh Johnson is expected to start this week as he ended up returning to practice. He was plagued with a thigh injury, which kept him out of week one, as I mentioned before, but he is going to be playing in week two, and that's perfect timing considering the fact that Chad Kanoff has actually not practiced all week long after starting in week one, so even if there is some issues with Johnson potentially getting injured in the middle of the game, that should lead to a pretty interesting development because Kanoff's availability is currently in question and that remains to be seen whether or not he will actually be on the active roster. And other than that, you also have an injury to Saeed Blacknail, the wide receiver, as he has not practiced all week. Uh, Saeed didn't do much in week one, targeted four times, had zero receptions, but he does have some big playability, and if he is unable to go, that definitely will be an issue because it will force L.A. to be a bit shorthanded from the wide receiver position. But before we get into the Dallas Renegades, we have some breaking news. This important PSA public service announcement is... Uh, brought to you by Manscaped.com. There's a brand new trimmer. It's the best on the market. It's the Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer, which is now available for purchase. It now possesses a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. And if you act right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use the code BLEAV. So once again, uh, promo code BLEAV. And that is to get you 20% off your purchase for the Manscaper uh, Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. And it also comes with free shipping at manscaped.com. Now, so talking about the Dallas Renegades, like the LA Wildcats, they ended up losing in week one in the franchise opener against the Seattle Battlehawks at home by the score of 15 to 9. 
Uh, quarterback was Philip Nelson, who completed 33 of his 42 pass attempts for 209 passing yards with one pa- with uh, one interception and zero passing touchdowns. Now, similarly to the Wildcats, this was kind of a surprising start as the original starting quarterback Landry Jones was not able to play due to a knee injury, and for that reason, they had to insert Philip Nelson into the starting lineup. And although Nelson completed 33 of his 42 pass attempts, which was impressive. The fact that he only had 209 passing yards tells you all you need to know about the offense that the Renegades were running. They ran a lot of short dump-off passes, weren't really able to to sustain drives, and that helps explain why they only uh, got nine points. Uh, Moving forward, you expect them to take more shots if Landry Jones is able to play in this game, but with Nelson at the quarterback spot, it was clear that the Renegades were only interested in trying to limit the risk and try to force Nelson into making some easy completions, which he did. But unfortunately, it did not translate into any points. Now, leading the ground game was running back Lance Dunbar, who did virtually nothing in the ground game, as he had five carries for 27 rushing yards. However, he did also have six receptions for 29 receiving yards, as he has become a very solid receiving threat out of the backfield. Now, of course, it was not his fault that he only had five carries, as similarly to the Wildcats, the Renegades fell behind early, and they decided to... Somewhat abandoned the run. Now, of course, the Renegades do have multiple running backs like Cameron Artis Paints. They were dividing up the touches, but Dunbar is mostly used as a receiving back on third down, and he was able to make some uh, make some defenders miss and get into open space in the receiving game and look for the Wildcats to try to game plan for that, as that was one of their most that was one of Dallas's most effective uh, methods of off, of moving the chains in week one. So Dunbar is one of the key playmakers there because he can have an impact in the ground game and the passing game. So look for the Wildcats to try to keep an eye on him for all four quarters. Now leading the receiving core though was wide receiver Flynn Nagel who had six receptions for 43 yards. Um, Overall Nelson completed 33 passes. I mentioned before for only 209 passing yards. Didn't really move the ball much at all. So even though Nagel had six receptions, mostly stuff underneath, didn't really take any shots downfield. Uh, he looked pretty good, though, and it looked like he was on the same page as Nelson for the majority of the game, but look for the Renegades to potentially take more shots downfield in this game, as they will need to put up a lot more than nine points if they plan on winning this contest. Now, for the defense, the defense was pretty solid, as it ended up having two sacks and allowed just 15 points. However, it could definitely have looked better, as it gave up 374 net yards to the Battlehawks, so they allowed the... Uh, Battlehawks to move the chains, but they eventually hung tough in the red zone. So it was more of a bend but don't break type of style for the Renegades. But of course, some of the issue there was the fact that the Renegades weren't able to sustain long possessions and they were forced to punt, which gave the Battlehawks a decent amount of time of possession. So they will definitely look to try to keep the defense off the field a bit more on Saturday. Now for the injury report, I mentioned it before, Philip Nelson will not be starting in this game as quarterback Landry Jones has returned to practice and he has already been announced as the starter for week two. Now Landry Jones was one of the high profile quarterbacks that was expected to do big things for the league after he kind of fizzled out with the Steelers in the NFL, but Landry Jones definitely has a better arm than Nelson. Look for him to try to take more shots down the field and the Renegades will definitely look to use Landry Jones' big arm to try to create some big plays in the passing game. So, L.A. will definitely need to be prepared for that. Now, in terms of the prediction, though, I do think that the Renegades will be able to get the job done at home, and I think they will win by the score of 28-22, to which means that I like the Renegades minus 3.5 as well as the over 48. Now, the main reasons why I like the Renegades in this spot, first of all, 
Just a lot of turmoil for the Wildcats. It's very tough for you to get rid of arguably your best defensive player and your team captain on defense, as well as your defensive coordinator after week one. And for me not to assume that you pretty much just clicked the panic button already, that's a huge red flag for me. I know the defensive coordinator didn't look great based on the performance in week one, but I don't know how you let him go and arguably your best defensive player, and you expect me to believe that your defense somehow improved drastically. I find that a little bit far-fetched. I think that the Wildcats will continue to struggle a bit defensively, especially with the Renegades getting their original starting quarterback back for his franchise debut. I don't think that bodes well for LA's defense. I think they will struggle once again. I think Dallas should be able to get into the end zone multiple times. So for me, I think the Renegades should be able to put up 28 points. And similarly, talking about the Wildcats, I do think their offense will look a lot better now that Josh Johnson is expected to return. It's very tough to evaluate how both teams played in Week 1 offensively because both teams were missing their starting quarterbacks, but they are both expected to return, so I think both teams will look a lot more, sh- a lot sharper offensively, and I think L.A. should be able to play well with, jo- with Johnson's mobility. And their offense, even though they ended up getting torched in the second half defensively, their offense still looked good with a backup quarterback with Kanoff, and I think you should see L.A. continue to move the chains pretty well. Look for Hood to have a pretty solid game. I expect L.A. to try to force-feed him early to try to get him going as they were unable to do so in Week 1. But I think both teams should be able to break at least 20 points or so, and I think the Renegades should be able to just... I think they're just just a little bit more talented on both sides of the ball. I think the Renegades should be able to bounce back with a home win. So once again, I like the Renegades minus 3.5, and and I also like the over 48 as I think the Renegades will win by the score of 28-22. to 22. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Freight Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Once again, though, I want to thank all of you for tuning in to this installment of Betting Bay Area here on the Believe Podcast Network. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.